Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Kevin. Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I just did a breath work a few minutes ago, and I feel pretty relaxed and energized. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. How are you You're doing? the perfect guest for this podcast. You know, you got the, the meditation magazine and all the personal development work you do. So I'm excited to, dive, oh, to yeah. dive into some of these questions. Awesome. Me too. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for, for inviting me. Let's talk about who you, know, who you are, what you do for a living, and then maybe one or two of your hobbies. Okay. So who I am is basically the fundamental nature of the universe, you know, sort of the, uh, the fabric of reality. I guess we are all that, right? That's we're just like all kind of one universe or multiverse or if you want to call it that. But uh, this this body that like people call Kevin is, uh, I guess, just kind of regular dude. But uh, I guess he likes to do entrepreneurship. Uh, I like to build companies. I built a company when I was 22. That was like a real estate brokerage firm, and that got pretty big. Then I realized that I knew how to build companies, and then started traveling around the world. And uh, actually, I, I didn't feel like fulfilled doing the real estate brokerage thing. So I left and I started traveling around. I went to a Buddhist monastery in Thailand. And in that monastery, I was in this really long, silent meditation. And it had been about a week or so of silence when I had this very powerful moment where I guess I had been struggling. I'd been struggling with sort of like my demons, you know what I mean? Like my anxieties, my fears, my stresses about life and about my future and all that. And, you know, I kept thinking that meditation was supposed to be like this peaceful and blissful thing. And I felt like I wasn't doing it right. And then at some point, maybe like seven days into this meditation, I just gave up. I completely gave up. I just, it wasn't like an intentional thing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to give up right now. Like it was just an accident. Like, I was just like, okay, you know, this is too much. I can't, I'm, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to be like completely peaceful inside. And then just ironically, I mean, that's kind of how it works. Like in that moment of just stop when I stopped trying and I just gave up and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit like, like I wasn't even, it wasn't a technique. I just gave up. And I started, started feeling like happy. Like all of a sudden I was just relieved. And I just felt at peace and I felt completely here and now. And the next few days and the next few weeks, I was really just walking around on clouds. Like I literally felt like I wasn't touching the ground. And during that time that I was in that monastery, I had this realization that, you know, I'd been looking for this, something that I could do with my life to really make a good impact in the world. And I had all these things in my head, like I was going to make like an alternative energy company and I was going to do technology and whatever. And I realized that, you know, all of those things are great and they help sort of humanity in the short term. But what people really need is to be happy and to be at peace and to not be hating each other and fighting with each other and creating war and strife and conflict even in small scales and in large scales. And I thought, if I can help bring this mode of consciousness that I'm experiencing right now, into the rest of the world, then I will have had a life well, well lived. And that I realized that that would be my mission for the rest of my life. So that's sort of what happened and why I started 
writing about meditation and why I made meditation magazine and started making meditation courses and teaching meditation. That's sort of been my journey until this point. I forgot the rest of your question, but I, I think that's pretty much what you could call me. And uh, what yeah. was the rest of your question again? It was about hobbies. And I, I think you kind of, you oh, know, hobbies. kind of touched upon yeah. that too, I think it sounds like. Well, I guess my main hobby, I wouldn't call it a hobby, but like meditation has been really important for me. It's like helped me stay sane and happy while growing a business. I guess I like to take my baby daughter. She's six months old and I take her on a walk every morning. It's a really nice, uh, I guess you could call it a hobby. We go, I, I think I've been averaging around three miles every morning and it's, it's keeping me healthy. And uh, yeah, I, I like to uh, watch Netflix sometimes. Uh, I know that's not like a normal meditation thing, but there's this new uh, show called Foundation. Um, Apple TV, I've been really into it. It's like a sci-fi show from uh, Isaac Asimov. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the new Witcher. So yeah, I guess that's that's a little little bit of my hobbies. I'm sure I have other ones, but those are the ones that come to mind. At what age will you introduce meditation to your daughter? Well, I mean, she sees me meditate every day. I, when I take her on the walks, I take her to like the pond, duck pond, and and she like looks at the ducks, and I'm like meditating, and she sees me doing it, and she gets scared sometimes when I do the breath work because it's like very intense. It looks like I'm hyperventilating, <laughs> but uh, I think it's good. I think it's good that she gets like a, a sense that like this is something that people do even before she even knows what that means. Yeah, I think it's just going to be organic like that. I don't think it's going to be like, okay, you're 11 years old now. We can start meditating. <laughs> it's just like an organic process. Like, yeah. a, come here, Gossipa. You know, it's like her mentor. But I think you're right. It'll be like, it'll just be her norm. Like, she won't know any other, any other thing. It's like, oh, he's meditating, doing breath work. It's what people do, you know? Yeah, kind of uh, like, just like, kind of like walking or like eating or things like that that are just natural things that people do. You have a morning routine? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. So when I wake up, I mean, I'll tell you, my daughter has really helped me in like doing a morning routine because I'm the type of person that has a hard time dragging myself out of bed in the morning for whatever reason. That's just how my brain works. It's always been like that. And, uh, you know, in the monasteries, I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning. It was like the worst part of the monastery's experiences, but it was great, but it was also very hard. But uh, with the baby, it's like, if she starts crying and I have to take over from Giovanna at 7 a.m. So basically if she starts crying and if it's six o'clock in the morning or six thirty in the morning, I'll usually be the one to to get up and take her outside. So I just take her out in the stroller. I like I try to get out of the house as quickly as possible because if we're in the house, we kind of fall into like an inertia kind of thing. So I try to just get her in the stroller, get her um, milk and all that and just take her out for a walk around the pond, try to get like at least a few miles in of walking. And meditation is really important for in the in the morning routine. I try to avoid looking at my phone though. I'm not always successful because there's sometimes like crazy stuff happening with the business, like people, customers asking questions in the middle of the night that I have to respond to and things like that. But basically I try to avoid looking at the phone. I try to be in the present moment. I try to look at the ducks and like feel the air around me, the air flowing in and out of my body. I try to like enjoy the experience of being alive, at least in the morning for some time. And uh, I guess between those two things, the walking and the meditation, that's probably the main part of my morning routine. I'm sure there's other things like brushing teeth and stuff like that, but everybody does that. Stuff, so 
yeah, I guess that's my main morning routine. But how long do you meditate every day? Is that like a longer than an hour, less yeah. than an hour? That's a good question. So it depends on the day. It depends on the month. It depends on the year. Like uh, it, it kind of goes in ebbs and flows. Uh, right now, um, I'm in a pretty good flow because sometimes it's just like what's happening around. And, you know, some people have discipline where they doesn't matter what's going on in their lives. They have the exact same time for meditation. I haven't really had the discipline to do that, except when I'm in monasteries and things like that. But in the morning, I do that walk with the baby. It's usually like a couple of hours and I try to be like in a meditation for most of the time. Then in the evening when I put her to sleep, I sit by her bed like and I just meditate for like a half an hour, 45 minutes or something while she's falling asleep. So that's been really good in keeping me regular, I guess, in the meditation sense. But I also try to take the meditation with me. So what I mean is that in the morning I'm meditating, I'm in the present moment. And then when I go into work mode, there's like a tendency to just forget about the breathing and forget about the experience of being in the body and forget about all that stuff and just go into focusing on work only. And it's, that's, that's, I don't think it's a good way to go into work because then you're, you're kind of missing the benefits of it. And so what I try to do is I try to bring the meditation with me throughout the whole day. So I'm sort of always centered in the breathing, always centered in the body while I'm working. And that, that makes me much more grounded, especially when there's like work, like fires that I have to put out and right. like major problems or like th that type of thing. I can go crazy if I'm not like centered. And uh, yeah, the meditation throughout the day, it really helps. I've had more than one person, a bunch of people say this to me is that they can't meditate their mind is too busy. And I feel like saying, well, that's why you need to meditate. But what, what do you say to people that say, oh, I can't meditate. I've tried. It's impossible for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. I think that the story that I shared earlier about the being in the monastery and having like seven days of trying to meditate and being frustrated and then eventually giving up, and that's when it actually worked. Like, I think that that's a really helpful story because I think that it shows that we have this misconception about how meditation works. And most people do. I mean, I've been meditating for many years before going to that monastery. And it's hard to notice that it's very subtle. But when you're trying to meditate, you're actually doing something. It's like it's an active process of trying to meditate. And the goal, well, it's, it's, it's a sort of a paradoxical thing because the goal or non-goal of meditation is to not have goals and to not have a future focus. It's to have a present focus. Right. You know what I mean? And, and when you're trying to meditate, you're doing something actively and meditation is supposed to be letting go of all action and just being passive. You know what I mean? So it's, there's like a paradox there. You can't meditate by trying to meditate. Alan Watts described it as trying to calm down the surface of the water with a flat iron to smooth out the surface of the water with a flat iron. It, it doesn't, it's, it just doesn't work. So what I recommend is like learning to just let go of the idea that you need to have a quiet mind. Cause that's not what it's about. Meditation is not about having a specific state of mind. The state of mind can come from meditation. There are meditative states of mind that come from meditation, but they're not that they're not how you meditate. So if you're trying to meditate and you are like, oh, I'm, I need to clear my mind, it won't work. 
uh, what you need to do is instead, when you sit down to meditate or you try to med- or you start meditating, don't try to clear your mind. Don't try to do anything. Just observe what's going on. Passively observe what's going on in your mind. Passively observe what's going on in your body, what you're feeling, your emotions, your thoughts, your body. You could even try it right now as I'm talking, just being aware of your body, being aware of what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And without judging anything, without holding on to anything, without feeling like it's good or bad, without like trying to find the pain or the pleasure in the body, without trying to relax or whatever, just feeling everything, experiencing being alive in this moment, just just that, experiencing being alive in this moment without trying to change it in any way, without resisting or clinging. That is good. <laughs> like, I don't want to say that's like, there are many different kinds of meditation, but when you do that, when you just let go of trying to get anywhere and just enjoy being here, suddenly meditation is not hard. It's, it, there's not, there's nowhere to get to. There's nothing to achieve. You just enjoy it in this moment. You just enjoy being alive. And that to me is the key to meditation. So if somebody is feeling like, oh, I'm not good at meditation or I'm doing it wrong, I'm, I have too many thoughts or like, well, then you are doing it wrong because you're trying to get away from the thoughts and you're thinking that you're not good at it. it you, you need to let go of all of that and just be and enjoy being. And that's it. Yeah, that's been my experience. And not that I, I meditate at the level that you do, but I've been doing it for a while and I found uh, just being with my thoughts and you know, it's weird because as I've done it longer, the thoughts happen less. I'm more just there in silence with myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. It does happen that way. Exactly. So like, I think that people describe these benefits of meditation of like the mind is quiet and like the thoughts are like chill and you're, you feel relaxed and like the people describe those benefits of meditation. And then people think that that's what they're supposed to do in the meditation. And that's the problem. It's, those are outcomes, but to get those outcomes, you need to stop trying to get those outcomes. That's sort of the paradox of it. Because in in the West, there's this sort of like drive that you have to, if you want something, you go toward it directly. Like you have to go straight toward it and you have to like keep taking steps in the right direction. The problem is that that doesn't work for peace of mind because you can't take steps toward peace of mind. You can only find it by letting go and stopping taking steps and just being here you can set up a, an environment that's good for peace of mind like you can make a nice meditation area or whatever like that's good but that's not what's going to get you there what's going to get you there is to just sit back and relax and enjoy being alive have you always had these deep thoughts like like what you're talking about like when you were younger as a young kid as a young uh Kevin? yeah 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 thank you for asking that that's a great question uh yeah like uh when i was a little kid I remember when I was like a few years old, like four or five years old, I remember I was talking to my little sister who's like a year younger than me, a year and a half. It must have been six or seven, actually. And I remember asking her, how do we know that, like, if you think that that's red and I say that that's red, we both say it's red. But what if we see it as different colors? Like, what if what I see as red is what you see is like is in your perception as green? Like, I, I definitely phrased it differently, obviously. I was a like seven, six or seven year old kid, but, and I remember she like understood what I was saying and kind of got tripped out by it as like a five year old or whatever. 
I think it's just something in my family. Like we, we tend to have this sort of like deep, deep ways of thinking. It also comes with anxiety that the like deep thoughts tend to also come with anxiety because you also think about life and death and things like that. And mortality can be a scary thing. But uh, yeah, I've kind of been thinking this way since I was little. And it also comes with scary dreams, by the way. I had a like crazy dream. I can dream. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, like thinking that I woke up inside of a dream and then, but I'm actually still dreaming and then realizing that I'm still dreaming. That's, that's, um, it can freak you out. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one last question for you, Kevin. It's time flew. It's mm-hmm. going to be a, a, a doozy of a question. Go for but it. I feel like I need to ask. I'm, I'm just interested to hear what your answer is. And, and this question, like mm-hmm. it's personal to everyone and the answer will change based on what season of life you're in but I still want to get your perspective on it. You know, the whole meaning of life, like, why are we here? What are your thoughts on it? Oh, okay. I love that question. So I actually would like to just quote a couple of, I mean, I don't have their exact words, but um, Osho and Alan Watts, they both, these are two of my favorite uh, philosophers uh, from the past century uh, or so that they've been like meditation philosophers. And uh, they both sort of had a similar way of looking at it. I think I'm going to try to quote it, but I'm definitely going to get it wrong. This is Osho. Life has no purpose. Being alive is is the purpose. Okay, I definitely got that wrong. He was so much more eloquent than that, but I'll try to put it (laughs) in my own way here. So if you think that life needs to have a purpose other than being alive, then you're constantly striving for things and not really fully appreciating just the fact of being alive itself. So to me, to me, like if, and, and think about it, like if there's a purpose in life that's beyond just being alive, what happens when you die? Then it's just, where does that purpose come from? Is there some kind of like a uh, magical being that ascribes this purpose to me? It's, there's no way to have an objective purpose if there's no, higher being that's like a conscious entity that ascribes it. So I used to be a religious Jew. I was in rabbinical school in in Israel until I was 19. And then I, I ended up asking too many questions and questioning the dogma and got kicked out. And that's how I ended up being like a nihilist. And then, and then eventually like learning to meditate and finding spirituality through not having religion. But when I was religious and I was Jewish, then God told us what to do. Like, told us your purpose is to serve God and you have to do these, these things from the, the commandments in the, the Bible. But when I lost all of that and I stopped believing that, I realized that like life at that time, I, I felt life was meaningless and it was a very stressful and depressing thing. I was like a nihilist, like uh, Nietzsche, like nothing matters. Everything is pointless. And then when I started meditating, I realized that the nothing matters, everything is pointless thing. It can be feeling like a sad thing or like a pressing thing, but it can also be a really uplifting thing because if, if nothing matters and everything is pointless, then all there is really is to enjoy being alive. To me, that's, it's not like a mandate, like you don't have to enjoy being alive, but I think that it makes life a lot better if you do. Personally, for me, I've extended that to other humans and other animals and trying to help them enjoy being alive also. But that's just my personal thing. I, I, I feel like we're all one spirit. We're all one consciousness as, as woo as that sounds like we are really all just 
consciousness at the core, like you are consciousness. I am consciousness, all of these. And I'm not just talking about like some mystical thing. I'm like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, or if you're, you know, Ryan talking to me, or if I'm Kevin talking to you, it's all coming from consciousness. Like that's what it is. That's what we are. So to me, we're all that same consciousness. And if, if, if I want to be happy and if I want to enjoy being alive, then I want you to enjoy being alive and I want you to be happy. And I want everyone and all the squirrels and the mosquitoes and everyone to be happy as much as possible. So that's kind of why I live my life the way I do. It's like, uh, you know, trying to minimize harm. Like uh, my wife and I are doing vegetarian, uh, eating vegetarian for the past five or six years now, things like that, just to try to minimize harm as much as possible to other creatures and beings and and to try to make people as happy as possible. And that's why I do meditation magazine. I create this magazine so that other people can be happy and the courses that I make and the meditation classes that I teach, it's all really just toward that same purpose. If you want to call it that just to, for people to be happy. I definitely want to recognize you for what you're doing with meditation magazine. I know it's not easy to keep that going with all the moving parts and the, but it's oh, a really yeah, it's uh, cool business and obviously Thanks. having a lot of impact on, on your readers. So I want to recognize you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. It is hard right now, especially with all the supply chain issues. Luckily right. we were able to get, uh, we were able to get our last issue out before the paper issues started really hitting the fan. Like there's like magazines right now all over the country that are like not able to print half of what they were supposed to be printing because the paper is like there's a paper shortage. Yeah, hopefully that will be resolved by the time the ne- our next issue is coming out. But it's it's been really crazy over the pandemic. It's a crazy time. Well, this was great, Kevin. Well, why don't you share um, you know the website that they can go to if they want to learn more about Meditation Magazine? Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in subscribing to Meditation Magazine, just check out meditationmag.com slash subscribe. So it's like meditation and then mag, like magazine.com slash subscribe. And then if you want to check out my meditation courses, you can go to Kevin Ellerton, like my name, dot com slash courses. So uh, yeah, if you're interested in courses, you go to kevinellerton.com slash courses. And if you're interested in the magazine, go to meditationmag.com slash subscribe. Perfect. Thanks, Kevin. Great Thank having you, you on. Thank so much. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a really nice conversation. I appreciate you. Likewise. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.